whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. Composer-lyricist Douglas J. Cohen has been a big supporter of this podcast for years, and that's wonderful, but did you know that Dorothy Rogers, wife to Richard, mother to Mary, grandmother to Gettle, was an inventor who patented something called the Johnny Mop? Seriously, join the conversation, it's in progress. I think there's some great songs in Do I Hear a Waltz. I think score, like, score as a, as a, as a whole unit, it's certainly not Rogers' right, best right. work. Um, but that is a, f- I mean, that song is great. And and if you listen to the the released version, it's, we're supposed to be about half as long, and it's just the most banal yeah, it is. It thing you've like, ever heard in your life. Why wasn't this cut? Yeah. But you hear this, and, and I, it's so much, it's so much life and fun and energy. And exactly. The lyrics are, yeah, like you say, the melody and the, the bounce of it, and then the, the lyrics are, yeah, oh, it's tremendous. And this is the version you hear. I mean, it's been recorded by, I know Judy Kuhn did it, and Inside by Side by Sondheim. Huh. This is the version you can. You hear this is by far the more famous version. Uh, Dorothy Rogers didn't get her way on that one. Apparently, she was the <laughs> one who made the lyrics be changed. Oh, really? Word, oh, yeah, Dorothy. that's the huh. the uh, word was that Sondheim and Rogers wrote the song and they performed it for might have been Arthur Lawrence, but it was somebody. And Sondheim was jazzed about it, and Rogers left. And uh, somebody said to him, "I'll never get it past Dorothy." Wow! And didn't then, she come up with that invention? What was it? The mop? The the do you know about that? No, I don't. Either she or or Dorothy Hammerstein came up with that. It was like the early Swiffer. Oh, really? It was the the something mop. Oh, wow. And it sort of feels huh. like wow, she was into sanitizing. Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were apparently, unfortunately, uh, very homophobic people, which is hilariously ironic considering yeah, um, Lorenz Hart was a course, huge part of their of lives. Uh, but yeah, he apparently went home and then came in the next morning and was screaming and yelling about how they had to change it and oh, it didn't wow. work, and everybody was like, okay, fine. And then. You get what you get. But luckily, the other one survives, and yeah. it, we get to continue to enjoy and it. And Richard Rogers was present at this tribute, I believe. Yes. So, you know, that's... Yeah, well... That's evolution. Which it is, <laughs> yes. And apparently, I mean, there's no love lost between them, apparently, no. because of that collaboration, which is highly unfortunate. I mean, it's just a really... It's sad that those two people couldn't get along I since know. they had a mutual <laughs> connection that well, was so strong. Well, then you also look at Richard Rogers and Sheldon Harnick, you know. Yeah. That's a team... For the ages, yeah, and that was, you know, Rex was the result. And I remember one time Jay Harnick said to me that Sheldon would would uh, be presented tunes, and it was like you just don't ask him to change anything. Right. This is the this is the song, and you you got to figure it out. You can't mm-hmm. fill it out. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, that's an unfortunate. Which is yeah. the way it started, isn't it? With with Larry Hart, he would yeah. present him with tunes, and it was really Oscar Hammerstein who. Uh, yeah. Showed him another way said, of no, writing. No, you can, yeah. yeah. I worked with, yeah. Well, yeah, Harrison had so much clout behind him, though. Yeah. Pedigree in his family, and then, of course, tremendous collaborations with Jerome Kern at Al. Yeah. You kind of have to listen to when Oscar <laughs> Hammerstein says something. <laughs> Hammerstein says so, you, you, you change your song. I and think, Hammerstein a bit. said, Stephen Sondheim is a very gifted yes. young artist. Yeah. You should work, you should with, work him. with him. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of begrudgingly did. Uh, yeah, I would agree, though, that I think there's an ease in his collaboration with Rogers that is not there with Bernstein. Um, whereas Bernstein's songs are obviously a little more inventive or avant-garde, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Sondheim is certainly... I mean, Because I think his best lyrical collaboration is with Julie Stein. Oh. 
which is just that is those are two people who know exactly the songs they're writing on the subject matter they're writing and they are completely in sync the whole time and i think sondheim when you listen to parts of gypsy musically you can hear his influence yes you can uh, you know, in parts of uh, some people, that middle section, mm-hmm. and of course in Rose's Turn, and I believe that Rose's Turn was created up at the uh, the top floor at the Amsterdam Theater, which mm. is now where Aladdin is, mm-hmm. and they experimented with it. Jerome Robbins was in the room, and I don't think Julie Stein was there. Mm. I think Stephen was there. And he was playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And that's where some of the, you know, it's not like he was writing it, but he right. was creating. Like the rhythmic turns. Yeah, and the, yeah. It, it was a patchwork of various mm-hmm. themes and motifs. And so who knows that maybe part of that was as a result of that night. Mm-hmm. And that later Julie was smart enough to go, hey, that's good. Yeah. Well, it uses a lot of, I can easily see them doing that, especially because it uses a lot of songs we've already heard. Right. So you can pull from, you know, Let Me Entertain You, and you can pull from... Uh, uh, everything's coming up roses and sort of, and then bridge them together with new melodic lines or new rhythm lines. Yeah. And then Julie Stein would be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. That sounds great. <laughs> Let's do a medley. Me. Whatever. <laughs> Poster still says music by Julie Stein. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> as long as little lamb survived. <laughs> <laughs> That's a song that I have come to love. Oh, that yeah. is a song I did not love when I was younger. Again, I was like, come on. Let's well, Jerome just... Robbins didn't love it either. Apparently. I really like it a lot. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a, it's an important, quiet moment in a very loud, loud boisterous musical. Exactly. Yeah. And and for and it's I mean it's also super important that Louise have a song oh. in Act One. And it's a killer last line. I yeah. wonder how old I am. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's funny and really sad. It's really sad. <laughs> I mean, it really is just like, and she it, it it feels like the character is growing up because it seems like she realizes how sad it is. As she says it out loud, right, it's a right. really good... I mean, to see Laura Benanti perform that was just yeah. like... That's one of my favorite theatrical moments. That was when I started to love that song. Well, also, that production, um, as great as Pay Lapone was, for the first time I understood why it was called Gypsy. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like we were really yeah. charting that character's arc, yeah. you mm-hmm. know? And it was... Um, it just no longer felt like a, a supporting role. It, it is... It is a, I have not seen it much. But it felt like the first time that they cast an actress who had tremendous charisma right, and knew right. what to do with it in the role of Louise. Because Louise always felt like, you know, sitting in the back, sitting in the back, sitting in the back, pushed to the front. And then, you know, when she becomes Gypsy, there's this sort of like offstage transition where she's a whole other person. And with Laura Benanti, and I think she credits Arthur Lawrence with this, really worked on, it, it felt an arc, a build of confidence a build in talent. Right, right. And then that stripper scene where she actually becomes Gypsy Rosalie live in front of our eyes, for the first time in my experience, really felt authentic. Right, I was like, oh, right. this is what this is how it you know, this works. She she's good at this. She discovers something she's good at and comfortable with. And I also for the first time really loved uh, Herbie with Boyd Gaines doing that and felt sad for him. When right. he, but also like with him when he left, I was like, okay. And I felt the same way when I saw uh, the video of Imelda Staunton's production on the West oh, really? End uh, with Kevin Waitley as uh, as Herbie. It is the same. This guy is just like, I can't do this anymore, and he mm. just walks away. And it leads us nicely into Rose's turn, where the character is like, where Rose has a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. If you have a great Herbie, it it makes such a big difference, and. Um, you Apparently never, Jack Klugman was tremendous. I bet he was. Yeah. And, and did you ever see the Tyne Daily? No. Bible? No, no. I saw it twice. I have to say, 
might be my favorite version in some ways. Really? Yeah, it was. I've heard the recording. It was the, great. Extro- the yeah. recording is nothing compared to the nothing like mm-hmm. it. She was not in great voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was an excellent voice in the theater. She her who acting, was Herbie in that one? Uh, her Jonathan Hadari, who oh. was exceptionally good. Oh. Chris Moore was great. It was Arthur Lawrence directed. Right. It, it was superb. I, I also. Um, Speaking of the Cape Cod Melody Town, I was uh, an apprentice there the week that Angela Lansbury was there doing Gypsy. Oh, my. So I slept the furniture up and down the aisles, right. you know, eight times a week. And uh, that I saw that performance on Broadway before. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of the greatest performances. I think I've that's the same seen. year, if I'm not mistaken. 73? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think she, or maybe 74. Yeah. I think 74. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this was, I think, in 77 when she came, she to, came the up to Cape Cod. She came up to Cape Cod, yeah. Town. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like to see her. It was do a that very role. different experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but that's what's so great about that role is everyone who's ever inhabited it has made it their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very easy to do that. It seems yeah. to to me. Um, I mean, the stories I've read of of uh, after Rose's turn, a- Angela Lansbury bowing, yes. and then continuing to bow even long after the audience stopped applauding. So it's clear that. The applause is happening in You know, it looked like whatever happened to Baby Jane. That's yeah. what it reminded mm-hmm. me of in a, in a strange way. Mm-hmm. It's, it, or Sunset Boulevard, something, you know, completely demented. Yeah. Um, but That's what Imelda Staunton's performance felt like. It was unhinged and it was I a little scary. I haven't seen that, but yeah. it, it, the thing that feels like it's, it's missing from that performance is, I, I don't know if she ever gets you quite on her side the way Angela Lansbury did. Yeah. I would say, it, I actually, I, mean, I love Imelda Staunton's voice, and I, but I did feel the same way watching her in Follies, was that her Sally was sadder than any Sally yeah. I'd ever seen. And I found myself at times going, why did anyone ever like this person? Hmm. Unlike in other Sallys I've seen where it's been like, she has a great facade that we then spend the show, it just crumbles away and you see underneath it, it's like, oh, this is a very sad, yeah. lonely person. She sort of started very sad and, and desperate. Yeah. Um, and then do, where does she go from there? And then there? where does it go, but yeah. she was great in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a fierce performance, but I keep hearing also about Dorothy Collins. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, you know, Kurt just can't, if, he if, doesn't have enough good things to say about her. If there, it, it is the truest, truest thing I know. If, 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 you, if I had the chance to see the original Broadway cast yeah. of one show, it would be, it would be Follies at the Winter Garden. I think there are a lot of people that would agree with it that. It would be, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even imagine what that, what it was like. I mean, I mean, you have John McMartin and, and yeah. just all these, who was on and this Gene one. Nelson. Yeah. With, with his tap dancing and, you can see it on YouTube, parts of these things. Yeah, you know, thank little God. film segments and yeah. yeah, little moments, but yes, it is, I, I cannot imagine yeah. what it was like to be in the theater for this show. That lost Best Musical at the Tonys to Two Gentlemen of Verona. <laughs> Everyone has different tastes. Uh, well, look at the um, recent election that we had a couple of well, years ago. Well, sure. You know, yes, I mean, yeah. It's just, that, I mean, I don't want to get political here, but it's just a question of um, things are political. Mm-hmm. You know, they're political always. In the theater, sometimes there's a wave and people ride that wave. And then later we examine and go, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. You know? And you don't understand unless you're in that moment and, and know all the forces. And I think that at this time, first of all, he didn't have the support of the times. And, right. um, and then also, um, you know, it, it was sort of looked upon as something of a failure, you know, yeah. for some reason, mm-hmm. 
the, the themes were not accessible or people weren't willing to really explore it's a very sad show i mean it yeah. is it, you know ultimately for all its glitz and glamour and shiny whatever it, it also might have i mean it was perfect because you had actual like follies girls in the cast you know in, who are much older just like the characters were right. in the musical but i wonder if the subject was too fresh for some of the audience and don't forget no no nanette was yeah. the big blockbuster on broadway yeah which was and where's that show? The antithesis of this, right? <laughs> so that's yeah. what was kind of bringing in the theater party ladies. That's what was sending people onto the street with smiles on their faces. Well, and it's what, you know, Sondheim always says about West Side Story, is that it was not a hit. Until people always movie. say it was yeah, a hit. Yeah. It was not a hit until the movie, and then everybody liked it, and then it became a, a show that people wanted yeah. to be a part of. Because shows that are dealing with more serious subject matter, it's not often what people... At the time, you know, the great line from Pippin, I quote all the time, you know, $25 a seat, you know, yeah. people want to, to laugh occasionally or not, or, you know, or deal with serious subjects in a, in a, a more accessible and maybe optimistic way. Right. I mean, the ending of Follies is bleak. That is a bleak finale. And since the main characters are pretty much the same age as most of the audience, I can imagine a lot of people went home that night and didn't sleep very That's well. That's right. That's right. And... Who wants, you know, who wants that? You Like you say, you want to see No, No, Nanette, or you want to see Two Gentlemen of Verona. I mean, it's more escapism. Mm -hmm. And I like Two Gentlemen. I mean, Galt McDermott's score is it's very, fresh. Is very good. And, yeah. and, you know, he's a, a tremendous composer who I think doesn't really get enough credit because he wrote pop scores. But, I mean, Two Gentlemen and Hair are yeah. tremendous shows. And so, I'm, you know, good for him for having that accolade. But at the same time, it's follies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... It, it's it's just a yeah it's a it's a it's a benchmark in the history of music theater and you know the other one is two gentlemen of Verona the original cast is produced and edited by me Patrick Flynn the original cast is on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at original cast pod you can follow me Patrick Flynn on all platforms at unknown penguin enjoying yourself leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts and tell the world you can also find the original cast on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, and wherever fine podcasts are available. My thanks to Douglas J. Cohen for talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Oh,